Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. <laughs> uh, yeah, you caught us in the middle of something funny there. Um, hello, everybody. Hi. Uh, so that outfit will look amazing. Thank you. Yeah, she's just shown me an outfit she's bought. Uh, I mean, you wouldn't be disappointed. You wouldn't. No. I mean, I'm sort of going with the I'm not going quietly uh, theme. Yeah. It'd be very difficult, I think, to ca- categorise your <laughs> s- your style. <laughs> what, what kind of things does she wear? <laughs> anything. What do you mean, though? Yeah, like anything. Like... Yeah, like a top hat or something well, like that to wear. Yeah, yeah like, I've just bought yeah. a, it's not a, top hat, a vintage, that, it? it is an actual top hat. Is it? It's a vintage top hat. I thought a top hat would be top more tall than that. Nope. But um, it's very nice. Did you know that, um, that in 1969, the governor mm. of the Bank of England still went to work in a top hat? Mm-hmm. In 1969, that's quite amazing, isn't mm. it? Um, I mean, banks were sticklers for kind of... Um, like tradition. Tradition. Yeah. Love to see someone going to work in a top mm. hat now. It would just be you'd go like. Oh. I mean, my granddad definitely went to work in a bowler. Yes, uh, mine probably went in a flat cap <laughs> with a whippet, no doubt, and had oh. faggots and peas for his lunch. And can we just quickly um, discuss what we did this weekend? Yeah, I literally we can't remember. To oh. my best friend's house. Yes, we went to the countryside. And obviously, you've sort of known Sarah mm-hmm. the whole time that we've known each other for a very long time. Yes. But obviously, as partners, mm-hmm. you're new to her as my partner. Yes. Ish, mm-hmm. you know? Yep. And this weekend, mm-hmm. anybody that's listening would know that it's every girl's dream mm-hmm. that your partner gets on with your best friend's partner. Yes. There's, and you, know, you really do. Yes. I mean, you know, I really like uh, Sarah's partner. Yes. <laughs> I mean, he gets me very drunk, though. <laughs> and I was thinking, oh, Christmas is over, New Year's over. I'm really going to cut back in January. <laughs> no. Oh, let's go and see well. Sarah and Renshaw. Like, what? I mean, I was blind drunk all weekend, basically. As soon as I turned up, I was like, hello, glass of wine. Yeah, I was like, Sunday yeah, morning. Virgin, uh, no, not Virgin Mary. Bloody Mary. Yeah, Bloody Mary, yeah. yeah. God, it was non-stop. It was a relief to get home, to be honest, because I was, my liver was goosed. Um, so I'm off the sauce, really, now. Um, but, but they've given us mm. a weekend worth of amazing podcast material. Yes, it was good to, to speak to because them. Because I've, got, I've yeah. written loads of stuff mm. down because my godson was there mm. and he gave me some great podcasts. One I listened to, I've listened to four apps of a really good new crime podcast that I can't wait to tell you about. Yes, weirdly, his girlfriend gave me one that I listened to on the way back from the countryside uh, that was also good, so I'm going to talk about that oh, today okay, as great. well. Yeah. And then there was something... Isn't that brilliant I... that you and me are talking to the kids we're talking to the kids. We're, we're still I, relevant. What I would love to know, really, yeah. is what did they say about, about us after afterwards. we left? Yeah. Well, like, I oh know 
that Harper, who's yes. my godson's girlfriend, yes. was would have said that she thought you were very funny. Okay. Because she said that to me secretly. She said he's... She said, he's so funny. He's Not funny. Not funny, ha-ha, like funny weird. No, yeah. I'm joking, she didn't like, really. I meant he looks funny. That's what, <laughs> that's what she meant. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what do you, like, you... Okay, you start. Okay, you so start. I was listening to Zoe Ball this morning. I took, took Joel to school this morning. Can I morning. just say something? Mm-hmm. Zoe Ball mm. is like another one of those women mm-hmm. that if I Lived. had the time yes. and she had the time, we'd be really good friends. You'd be best friends. Mm. I, can, I really I can like her. That. Yeah, yeah. I, and I, I mean, I've met her a couple of times. She seems absolutely fab, but, but I could sense that you and her would be like... Oh. Yeah. yeah, and I love Sarah Cox and I always mm. think that they're two peas from the same pod. Yeah. Are you a bit jealous of their relationship at all? Mm-mm. Are you not? No, because I've got Sarah. Yeah, I've got my okay. Sarah. Okay. So, like, I'm never... I'm slightly jealous of Ant and Deck. Like, mm. they've had this kind of shared experience throughout their lives where mm. they could fall back on each other and they've mm. probably both had all these kind of similar things where you could say, what do you think about this? I was going to do this and this. Tony. Yeah, I realise that. But, like, he's not a hairdresser and he's not oh, doing I the see, same I as see, me. I see, like, I see, I see. When you're in the same business, yeah, yeah. doing the same thing, you're negotiating mm. for the same fees mm. and all of that kind of stuff, you mm. know, it would just be really helpful to have somebody who's literally having a carbon copy life as you mm. that you could do that with. That but I think the, uh, the reason why Ant and Deck are so good is that they're at level pegging. Yeah. What would always be difficult Ooh, if yeah, you if were best you friends off. with a hairdresser mm. and one of you took off and the other one didn't? Yeah. Did you know Nicky Clark has got a brother called Michael Van Clark? And he is also a hairdresser. Wait, 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 yeah. wait. His middle name is Van? Uh, what? From, from what I've heard, Nicky is called Nicky Van Clark. He's no, not... shut up. <laughs> I mean, it could have made that up. But Michael is definitely called Michael Van Clark. So I'm assuming Nicky got rid of the van, maybe. And, uh, you know, just called himself Nicky Clark. But they're both big hairdressers and they both have salons but Michael wait. Van Clark is in Marlebon Nicky Clark is in Mayfair yes but Michael Van Clark I've never heard of him no I know but I tell that you if, if I hard. took you to his salon you'd go wow really it's really I go. nice yeah it's on Take Beaumont me. Street runs where is par- it Beaumont Street I think which is runs parallel to Marlebon High Street and how much would a hairdo cost there probably about 300 pounds to me two or three hundred but like pounds. he's got the best of the best yeah yeah they're really good staff there a lot of people ask me where would because I don't own a salon, people say, well, who would you recommend? I always go, Michael Van Clark. Oh, really? Well, they're, they're great, yeah. And are you friends with him? Yes, I've known him for a long time. We're not very close friends, but you know when you think, when people ask you for a recommendation and you think, oh, God, like, I might send them somewhere and it's not good. I don't ever feel like that about sending them to Michael Van Clark's. It's you like, just know. You just know they're going to get great service, the, you know, probably the best people in London. And, and they've got an amazing salon. Yeah, and it's a beautiful place, and, and, it's, and it's, nice it's just to go really to. good. Yeah, and it's Do you one think, of those. Could we just go and have a cup of tea? Definitely, there? <laughs> like it's a people watching place because the most amazing people pass really through that salon. They? Yeah, yeah. So it's really good. They but, should um, have bars. Mm-hmm. Um, and coffee like yes, coffee corners probably do. in every single salon. Mm. Yes, because it's I, a good place. I want to just go and have a coffee and watch people get their hair cut. Yeah, a friend of mine opened a salon in a in a kind of cafe. You went and opened it, didn't you? Oh yeah, that was one in Amersham. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember what that was called, but no, this was one uh, just in in the Marlebone area. I walked in there for a cup of tea, and there he was cutting hair in the corner. I was like, "Is this a thing? Is this like health and safety? All right about all this?" 
But it was great. You know, people went there for a coffee and watched someone cut air for yeah. 20 minutes. It's, um, it's interesting, isn't it? I've suddenly thought, so, Mike, I need to write down these recommendations. Okay, go and, get a, go and get a notebook. I'm sharing your can of Coke Zero with you. Yeah, Is that yeah, okay? Mm. Uh, Still never really worked out why it's called Zero, Coke Zero. I mean, uh, they say it's zero calories. But it isn't zero it calories. Isn't. There's a tiny bit in there. No, it's five kilojoules, one calorie. So that's not nothing, is it? Energy. Oh, it's one calorie. So it's got one calorie. And then, all oh right, there's no fat or anything like that in it. But it has got caffeine in it. And I thought... If oh, you're well, going to be zero, zero, you should be, be zero, zero caffeine. of all the stuff. Please don't say anything negative about it, because I really, really like it. I love Coke Zero, though. You're it. absolutely right. I can't I drink it. normal Coke these days. It's so... Um, so sweet. Yeah. So I was listening to Zoe Ball going yeah. back a bit now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She said, oh, you know, we had Ricky Gervais on Radio 2 the other day doing my life in a mixtape, and it's really good. And then she played Into My Arms from Nick Cave, which mm. is the yeah, most yeah, yeah. I mean, emotional song you can ever, ever hear. So they played a clip of that, and then they played a, clip, a few clips of a few other songs. And I just thought, oh... And then she said, oh, you can catch Ricky Gervais's My Life in a Mixtape on the BBC Sounds app or something. And I thought, oh, great, you know, because I went shopping this morning and had yeah. a mooch about and I thought, well, I can listen to that. It's an hour long. It's on the BBC Sounds or it'll be on the BBC iPlayer, but it's a, it's a radio broadcast that's on Radio 2 and it's a series called My Life in a Mixtape. And there is lots of other episodes of this as well. Um, I pressed play on that. Um, that was a mistake. Um... Let me just find you. Who else has done this? Because you're gonna, you're gonna really like them. Um, I was just going to say that my life in a mixtape sounds suspiciously like Desert Island Discs. Yeah, it does, but it's an hour long, and there's probably about twelve songs in it rather than five. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's the same kind of idea, I think, really, where people talk about things that connect these songs together. What Ricky Gervais has done quite cleverly is taken the whole soundtrack of both seasons of Afterlife. Oh, wow. And these are all the songs that he used in oh, Afterlife God. and why he used them. Oh, God. Um, but I do remember thinking what a soundtrack yes. Afterlife is. It's just a really good mix of songs. And he uses, he talks about this as well, but I, you know, I totally bit down on this, which is he, you're using other people's art in order to make new art. Mm-hmm. And that's largely what Afterlife is, really, is he's taking songs from Bob Dylan and David Bowie and Nick Cave and then intertwining them into a story that isn't unrelated to those songs initially, but then start to become related, you know. And I, I think, love that. You know, if anybody's listening they haven't seen Afterlife, mm. both series of those are quite extraordinary. And mm. even you, you don't have to have liked Ricky Gervais ever in the past. no. That this is not Ricky Gervais, um, gobby, mm. rude. This is unbelievably sensitive and nuanced. Yeah. And it's a the most story nuanced. Really, isn't it? Yes, yeah. it is, yeah. So um, his hour is him. There's no interviewer, so that you don't hear anybody else oh, other than Ricky talking. What? Yeah. So he's clearly being asked questions, but they've cut out whoever, whoever well, asked the questions. That's quite nice as well. So it is quite nice. So you're just getting him talking about the songs, what they mean to him, and why he used them in the drama. Mm-hmm. Um, but, oh, God, there were tears everywhere in Sainsbury's this morning. No. Yeah, it was too much. No. Yeah, there was, so there's a lovely David Bowie song in there. There's a Bob Dylan song in there. There's obviously Nick Cave in there, Elton but John in there. what was making you cry? I don't really know, to be honest. I just think there's a series of sounds or chords or whatever that when you put them together in a particular way, trigger something in, in me you. that mm. make me cry. But, oh, but when I got to the pastor aisle. art. Yes, well, we, the Jordan Peterson. Yes, that's what I mean. There's yes, something about music, art, mm. culture, beauty mm. that moves you. Mm. 
in uh, a way that yeah. is a really good and positive It is really positive. Thing. And he, he says, he, you know, he enjoys a song that makes him cry. And I've always felt this as mm. well. It doesn't actually make me sad. It just mm. makes me cry. Mm. And I feel happy about the fact that I've listened mm. to a piece of art that's, made, that's had that kind of power. Mm. So I don't ever... If you see me crying, mm. it's often, I'm often very happy. Oh, no. Yeah, I've yes. learned that about you yeah. now. I think when um, I first saw you cry, because mm. pre us getting together, mm. I never saw you cry mm. because we were at work. It wasn't really a thing. Mm. But now, you know, I get to, I've get i got to know you a lot better and that has happened a few times. I have understood that, firstly, I don't need to fix you, mm. that this is not a weep that needs fixing. Yeah, yeah. It's a wheat that needs to come out. Yeah, yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. And that secondly, that I can maybe watch you enjoy it, mm. which makes me happy too. Yeah, well, good. Um, my Life in a Mixtape. So Ricky Gervais has done the latest one. James Norton did one recently. You're saying James Norton, like, question mark? He's only, like, fucking gorgeous. Is he? Not as gorgeous as you, obviously. Yeah, thanks. Mark Wahlberg. He's that. Yeah, thank you. Okay, great. But We're back on track. He, um, um, yeah, James Norton did one, and he is that uh, horrible. Uh, Happy Valley. Happy he was Valley. The one that he's the offender. Head. Yeah. He's the offender. Yeah, yeah the horrible Whoa. offender. Yeah. Uh, David Walliams uh, has um, done one, which I think love, I would like to see. I would love to listen to that. Oti Mabusi. I love. Oh my God. We're How like much her, did Oti sing? Yes, she sang. I mean, she, was, she yeah. sings. She's the happiest woman. <laughs> she was in the dressing in room the world. next to us on the Masked Dancer, <laughs> and it was her and her makeup artist and close All of stars. them were singing. It was like it the was Supremes brilliant. were next it door. Was they were just harmonising and belting out the whole time. It was utterly brilliant. Ant and Deck have done one. It's quite interesting. Oh, I'd really yeah. would like to see what they've done. And Vicky McClure, your mm. girl crush there. Uh, Ollie Murs and Mel C have done them as well, but they're about an hour long. Can I just say something? Yeah. Like, we know everybody on that list. Yes. Um, I love that. You introduced me to Ollie Murs recently. Yeah, and, uh, the nicest man ever, right? Oh God, he was so friendly, yeah. he was. It was one of those things where you think, ah, well, have we got anything to say to each other? And he'd hurt his leg or something like that, and he said, have you ever hurt any, any bit of your body? And I oh, thought, I love him so much. That's such an F. That's yeah, so reaching yes, out. Exactly. I thought, anything. Oh, you want to chat and you're <laughs> come to the right place. And then, bang, after about an hour, I could see him thinking, I've got to get away now. This guy's talking way too much. But, but joking so aside, nice. yeah, we had a really good time. His girlfriend was really, really oh nice. Oh my God, as well. his girlfriend yeah, she was, was yeah, she, yeah, yeah. gorgeous. Too, way too gorgeous for her own good. Yeah. Way too gorgeous. Um, but yeah, what a great bloke. But what a really nice little thing this is on the BBC Sounds app. So it's completely free. They're an hour long and it's filled with music that. But some of it I'd known and completely forgotten it. Some of it I've never heard of before. Some of it's brand new music that I'd never heard before. Oh, wow. And then some of it are big classics like Rocket Man. I mean, Elton John's Rocket Man is it's a very emotive song for me. I don't particularly know why. I don't even know what the lyrics are. You know, I always just think when he says, I think it's going to be a long, long time to touch down, bring me around, I get to find. I'm not the man they think I am. I'll, I'm a Rocket Man. Burning out of dinner, man, and I'm. I just think, I don't know what, what he's saying there, but it sounds great, you know. Like I'm burning out of fuse. Do, 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 do. <laughs> Rocket man. You know, it's just, I don't know what the song's about, but it's like flying up, going somewhere, like, boom. But it's the it's the collection of the, the words and the music and all that stuff just all jumbled together. I remember thinking, God, why is this song hitting me so hard, you know? Anyway, enjoy that, folks. It's a really nice way. If you're doing a bit of housework or you're doing some emails or you're just relaxing for a bit, boom. 
put that That on. is so lovely. Good. I'm really glad. Thank you. It's a total pleasure. And if anybody's listening from My Life in a Mixtape, I would like to go on it. Please. Yes, do you know, I did think you would be a great <laughs> guest on this. Hmm. Um, because music is my drug of choice. Yeah, now. that and Coke Zero. That and Coke Zero. So I'm bringing something that my godson and his partner mm-hmm. recommended to us. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was a podcast called Someone Knows Something. Right. So basically it's going back to look at old crime scenes, kind of cold... Um, mm-hmm. It's not cold calling, it's cold... Cold case. Case, thank yes, you. Yes, that's Looking all right. Looking at cold cases and then kind of going back and trying to go over mm-hmm. um, the crime. I mean, they are... It's long and it's drawn out and I have the attention span of a newt. Um, and I will talk about that in a moment mm-hmm. because on Stephen Bartlett, who we've recommended before, The ah, Secret yes. Diary of a CEO, yes. his latest podcast features... Johan Hari, oh. who is a journalist, mm-hmm. and he wrote um, Chasing the Scream, which is the book about reframing how we look at drug addiction. Okay. Oh, I think um, I remember this. Which, yeah, yes, which yes. I, I kind of had a love-hate relationship with because it kind of turned on, on its head everything that I believe to be true about addiction. But it's very compelling, and Johan Hari did an amazing TED Talk mm-hmm. about it. Anyway, Johan Hari is the guest on Stephen Bartlett's podcast mm-hmm. this week, did you listen to um, Jordan Peterson on Stephen Bartlett? No. Um, it really? Is he had him on? Yeah. After Jimmy. So it's gone hell. Jimmy Carr. Right. St- yeah, um, Jordan Peterson. Yeah. Jordan Peterson. I don't mm-hmm. know why I was about to say that. Okay. And now uh, Johan Hari. Okay. And um, Johan is talking about this um, inability to mm-hmm. concentrate on anything, that we have such an acutely ruined attention span due to social media and um, Mm -hmm. the way that we digest information on our phones and on our tablets. It made me realise that this podcast is a lovely kind of amble through nine episodes. They're only half an hour long. Okay, yes. Of kind of let's like look at like the minutiae of a case because a cold case, that's what you have to go over because someone's missed something. Yeah. There is a minute detail that that maybe got brushed over. Mm-hmm. And I did, you know, because after two apps, I just want to go to the last step and find out, did they find yeah. anything? <laughs> but where's You're the joy? You're slightly impatient. No, but the, yes, it's not. Yes. What, what I've learned is mm. I used to have a lot of patience, mm-hmm. but actually oh. it's none of our faults. Okay. We have all been ruined. Mm-hmm. He did an article in The Guardian, which he sent me, Johan, and I was like... I read it and I thought, my God, this is me. Okay. You anyway, said it to me, this is I did. Yes, I, I did. read that. Um, um, anyway, okay. so that's worth listening to, mm-hmm. um, the Stephen Bartlett, Johan Hari um, podcast, because it's very good. Mm-hmm. Also go back for you personally, I'm recommending mm-hmm. to you, Michael Douglas, yes. the Jordan Peterson one. Yep, okay, well, um, I'll listen to that. But this something, someone knows something, is really good. So it starts off with David Rigdon, who is the host. Mm-hmm. He is looking for any kind of clues that can help with the disappearance. And I think it was something like 40 years ago of a five-year-old boy mm, at a lake right. in, is it Ontario? Somewhere like that yeah, yeah. in Canada. Yeah. But they have this really, really fascinating accent, which is Irish, 
mm-hmm. Canadian. Okay. There's a kind of real blend. I keep thinking, oh, they must be Irish nationals, but they're mm-hmm. not. It's actually the accent. And Adrian McNaughton was on a fishing trip with his dad um, and a few other, couple of other kids and another adult. And um, they turn around and he's just walked away. And in the first episode, it's heartbreaking because... The dad said to everybody, stop shouting, because what happens is in the mountains, your voice bounces. Mm -hmm. And so you're shouting for Adrian, but Adrian might be thinking that your voice is coming from somewhere else and just be walking in completely the opposite direction. Oh, wow, okay. There are are a chain of however many, five lakes or something, Mm -hmm. and they're all about a kilometre apart. So it just doesn't bear thinking, you know, bears, everything. What happened to him? but they talk to all the divers, they mm-hmm. talk to everybody. But what's really great is mm-hmm. that um, David is from this area. So the first series is a cold case from the place where he lives. So he goes around to his mum and dad's house. His dad gets out the topical, mm-hmm. topographical topographical maps yep. um, to show the kind of lay the of the land and, and the stuff, heights yeah. and everything. Yeah. And actually, you'd be climbing up this high. Mm-hmm. Or if you were a little five-year-old, you'd want to go there. You know, and it's... I love that picking mm-hmm. apart. I've got a slightly sort of statistical mind, mm-hmm. and I really like this when somebody just tweezes apart the hairs to make yes. a knot become lots of strands of mm-hmm. hair, and it sort of suddenly kind of clears. Anyway, I'm on Ep 4. I'm really enjoying it. <clears throat> um, so, yes, they are about um, 30 minutes long mm-hmm. each ep, and re- like great for a car journey. But I haven't listened to... I've only been listening to a Make Your Life Better Wellbeing type podcast. Okay. I haven't listened to a criminal podcast for mm. ages. Well, the last one would have been the serial, though. Mm. Yeah, something exactly. Like that. That's exactly what it was. How good was serial? It was oh, it was so, so good, good, wasn't it? But this is also really, really good. Mm. Well, funnily enough, I've got, an, I've got a similar recommendation of podcasts. I mean, why we're encouraging people to listen to other podcasts rather than this one um, is something that's troubling me slightly, but, uh, <laughs> you know... Um, we're not saying you have to substitute ours no. with these. You know, you listen to all of them, right? Um, so, yes, uh, Linus's uh, girlfriend put me onto one called the Caliphate. I mean, I've always been slightly interested even just in the word Caliphate. Yes. So, such a nice kind it's of It's a lovely word. word. It falls out of the mouth really nicely. But it's quite a horrible and oppressive thing, right? So, the Caliphate, the idea is that it's a state that is I didn't, I don't exclusively... know what Caliphate is. So, it's like... It can be a town or a city or a country or something like that that's strictly Muslim, that's ruled by Muslims, and it's a place just for Muslim people. So Christians wouldn't be allowed to live there? No. If you want to go and live there, you'd, I guess you'd have to live by Sharia law and right. know, kind of, um, um, I guess, the, the rules laid out by someone like ISIS. It's like, like an ISIS. Islamic state. It's yes. like an Islamic state, so yes. So, But I was interested to know a bit more about it. And then, so there is a podcast called The Caliphate that um, she very kindly put me onto. And it's run by the New York Times. It's run by a very famous journalism there who uh, Jan- covers... Sorry? Sorry, journalist, yeah. Yeah, uh, at the New York Times there, who covers terrorism, really. And um, she's on a quest to understand ISIS. Uh, and she manages to track down somebody who left Canada, Canadian middle-class kid, you know, was all right at school. Everything was fine, but he went and joined ISIS. He sneaked his way into Syria and joined up with the caliphate and became a police officer for ISIS, or IS. And she gets to interview him. And um, 
Episode one's really interesting, so it's a kind of a... How a, long are they? They're only 30 minutes long. Yeah, I see, that's yeah, my favourite. Yeah, it's favorite. great. I know, I was is the same. Is our podcast too long? Can our listeners let us know? Yeah, let us know. I um, don't think it is. No, no, we try and we do around the 45-minute um, mark. Don't we're, we? we're doing less facts, more chat. Mm. Yeah, okay. And then episode two, they sit down and start to ask him about, you know, why he did it. What's interesting is then, you know, the, the journalist in question kind of will then talk a little bit about her experience that she's been kind of uh, researching and writing about ISIS now for about a year. And she's been out in the Middle East and, and, and finding all the information she can about it. And she says what is quite common is that you would think a lot of these people that join ISIS are somehow... Disaffected. Yeah, or... loners or have got a violent past. or And she said they're not like... They're just like you and me, weirdly. And it's very interesting when you read about the Germans in World War Two as well, you know, that did some pretty horrific things. Actually, they were just regular folk that just seemed to turn really bad. Mm. And I guess, I don't know, but I'm, I'm assuming that, that, that ISIS or the Islamic State have found a way of tapping into that in people, in regular well, folk. Well, I think, I think they, they project an image of an Islamic State of being something of a, yeah. a heavenly... Well, so it, it's you know you, you it's get ordered by a single god. That's yes. the other thing. So there's only one god. Yes. Whereas we've got a mixture of gods right here, like depending on what religious faith you've got. So there's only one. And one thing he says that when he arrives in Syria is that there's a sense of relief that now there is just one god. And all I don't understand that, that because in, as a Christian, there's only one god. And his son? Yeah, but I guess you're accepting of other religious beliefs that would believe other things. Oh, so they don't accept any of They don't religious. accept any of that. No, no. Well, I aco- mean, according to this podcast. But anyway. I think as a, as, a, as a fervent Christian, you wouldn't accept. You, you would accept mm. your Christianity. You don't think, but there's probably also. Mm. But you do accept the fact that people believe different things to you. And you'd still have them as friends and you'd have them around your house and yeah, all that but, stuff. Yeah, but people, IS, the IS state no wouldn't. Okay. No. It's, no. it's one, one okay. set of rules under one God. and That's that. And, but it's really interesting that he's, he's happy when he gets there that that's the case. He says it feels like... A relief. A relief for mm. him. And I think, oh, that's interesting, you know. Anyway, he said, what do you want to do? Do you want to go and kill people? Do you want to be a suicide bomber? Do you want to be all this? And he's a bit scared at that point, so he, he signs up to be a policeman. Um, where you get to enforce and um, punish for various things that people mm. are doing. So he gets to whip people and beat people and all mm. that kind of stuff. The funny thing about this podcast is about eight to ten months ago, it turns out that this guy giving the interview was not who he said he was and has been discredited. So what's quite interesting about it is you get all this information and then you're a bit unsure about how much of it is made up mm. and how much of it is true. So you have to let people listen to it to see how, what mm. they feel about that. But at the beginning of each episode now, there's a little caveat the New York Times have put in to say this person now has been proved to be not trustworthy. So, one, first of all, it's like, why would, why would you go and do that? Why would you go to Syria why? and do all that? And Which is why fair. would you lie? And then, but why would you not do it and then lie about doing it on a podcast or a broadsheet um, newspaper? It's very weird. The whole thing's quite weird and quite creepy, but... It's really good. Anyway, as you can see, it's got a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Mm. There is two seasons of it, I think, altogether by the looks of things. Mm. It started in 2018 and it's run now up to 2020. But I'm really enjoying it. And again, just half an hour long. And it's a little break from chat about COVID yes. and all of that oh stuff. Oh, my God. And it's like a little... 
I don't know, a little, a little escape, for want of a better phrase, even yes. though it's quite a brutal and, and a harrowing thing to listen to. It's also utterly fascinating. Yes, thank you very much for that. That's all right. Well, how weird is that? Mm. That the, the guy... So they recorded the whole podcast and then they found out that he wasn't... Yeah, so so they thought... had to put a disclaimer at the beginning of every pod. Yes, so that's just come that's about recently, so the disclaimer. Weird. It's very strange, isn't it? Yes. Isn't it? I know, I know. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Just on the subject of music, I have been reintroduced by Apple Music back into The Last Shadow Puppets. And... I can't stop listening to it at the moment. I can't believe how good that record is. I always knew it was good. The Last Shadow Puppets. Yeah, so it's called, I think it's called The Element of Surprise. It's an album that you can get. It's on iTunes and Spotify and all the usual places. It's Miles Kane and Alex Turner from the Arctic Monkeys. They have a sub-band called The Last Shadow Puppets. Yeah. But from start to finish, I just think, God, the music is so rich and so full of instrumentation and the lyrics are so nicely done, the rhyming syllables, that it's like nothing else I've really heard before. And I've probably talked about it before on the podcast, but the last three days I've listened to it non-stop. And, you know, you think, oh, I thought I'd get bored of, of this. But it's too deep and melodic to, mm. to, to get bored of. So if you're mooching around the house and you're looking for something to listen to, put on The Last Shadow Puppets, The Element of Surprise. Oh, no, it's not. It's called Everything You've Come to Expect. Great. I mean, I'm seconding that. I loved it. It's really good. And Le Cactus, that song, the French song that's in it. Oh, yes, it's great. Right? It's just, I listened to it on the way here and I was just like, it, No, wow. it's really good. The production on it and the clarity of the voice and the bang of it. And I've no idea what it's about. Yeah. I mean, you must know. I, I haven't really properly. Okay, because it's all in French. Because some of it, I'm sorry, his accent's not really very good. No, well, it's so, she- she- Sheffield French. Some of it, I can't. Okay. But I'm going to listen uh, to it properly. Let me just double check I've got the name of that album right. Yeah, everything you've come to expect. And listen to the deluxe edition of it. It's really good. And um and then if you re- if you can really be bothered, there is um there's a YouTube video of one of the songs uh and god it's good. It's a single shot video of which song? Uh, um, I'm trying to. I'm trying to find it. I can't remember what it is. I, you know, I'm going to have a quick look for it because it's bloody good, and he sings it live in the video, so it's a slightly different version to the song. Mm. But he's got like um, he's just wearing a waistcoat, but nothing you else. Love 
yeah, yeah. Love what Alex Turner looks like, don't yeah, you? Yeah, he looks great. Yeah. Always. Yeah, yeah. I always think, would Paul Weller wear it? Would Alex Turner wear it? I'll wear it. Yeah. You know. But are we ever going to see you in a waistcoat with nothing on underneath? I mean, if I could just do a few more crunches and a few <laughs> ab exercises on On Your Goals from Davina, <laughs> I think you could see me in that next New Year's Eve, maybe, yeah. Okay, good. I might have to be a bit tipsy. Um, While you're looking that up, yeah, should I tell you something else? Of course else? you should, yeah. Um, I want to talk to you about Dr. Rupee. Oh, yeah. Do you know the Doctor's Kitchen? No. It's an Instagram account. Mm-hmm. I have met Dr. Rupee um, before at Wellfest when I went to Ireland. Mm-hmm. And he was there doing kind of cooking demonstrations. And I delved into his... I've been following him on Instagram for ages, but yeah. I haven't really gone back to his... You know, I was out of the algorithm, slightly lost. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I hadn't seen him. Anyway, I ended up going down to yeah. Sarah and Rentals this weekend, and my godson mm-hmm. cooked us a soup. Oh, he did, didn't he? Oh, yes. my God, this soup was so good. And I thought if a 28-year-old... Mm-hmm. Lord help me, I'm very sorry if you're 29, Linus. Mm-hmm. But if a 28-year-old can make a soup as delicious as that, mm-hmm. I definitely can do it. Yeah. And yes, of course you can. I said, where's this recipe from? This is unbelievably good. And it is from Doctor's Kitchen 321. Okay. So the concept is you've got three fruit and veg in there. You've got two servings. So it's mm-hmm. for two people. And it's all in one pan. Music to my yeah. ears. You're a one pan girl. I'm a one pan girl. Yeah. I don't want any washing up. Yeah. This book is so good. Mm-hmm. It's got so many fantastic recipes in it, so I can't recommend that high enough. Secondly, you've got to follow his Instagram account. So let me quickly tell you, I'll tell you a bit about mm-hmm. Dr. Rupee. So Dr. Rupee's a GP, and he's worked in the ER, and he's done um, quite a bit about nutritional medicine, and he's been doing kind of a deep dive into how food can be a medicine. Yeah. So he started the Doctor's Kitchen in 2015, and he wanted to teach everybody to cook their way to health, um, but also how beautiful food can be and the effects of eating and living well. And he's done things like TED Talks. He's got a podcast. He has done a thing about thrifty cooking. But he, well, which is like important. Like, yeah, because, yeah, no, I was laughing like, because I Like, you know, it. people discount mm-hmm. eating well because of cost. Mm-hmm. My daughter survives on... 20 pounds a week and cooks fresh mm-hmm. a lot and she's become so savvy i keep saying to you you've got to start yeah, an instagram a... account on she does batch cooking she's she's really mm. i'm so impressed with her anyway the sweetest thing happened i went to go and look at his instagram account i haven't looked at it for ages and there's a picture of him and a lady yeah and his insta- whole instagram account is all food and i was like oh there's a lady mm. who's this And it says, happy 2022. To kick off the year, I wanted to introduce you to someone very special to me. Rochelle, my fiancé. I usually keep this side of my life private. Mm -hmm. So I totally get that. But this year will mark a huge change. Blah, blah, blah. And then she says, "Um, join me in welcoming. She's got a lot of jobs being Mrs. Doctor's Kitchen. She has yet to discover, including holding the video camera whenever I cook. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> recipe testing all meals and shushing everyone around the flat whenever I'm podcasting <laughs> on a serious note I'm super lucky to be in a relationship with such a wonderful person oh. and meeting my amazing extended Australian Italian family over Christmas has mm. been brilliant and I'll be coming to us a lot more often well 
We'll see you there. Yeah. Can't wait for the invite round to his house when we go to Sydney. Uh, her hair looks great, by the way. She's got great hair. Yeah. That's Australian beach hair. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's great, isn't it? That? It looks so good. That's what That I'm, makes me think of Angie, to do. Angie Smith. Yeah. She's, she's another person hair. you should follow. Yes. Angie Smith style, I think. Angie Smith style online. She lives mm. in Australia now. She, um, she just has the best style and kind of just knows all the kind of good tips on how to look good. But I just thought that was extremely sweet. But look at this food. Wow. Look at the prawns. Prawns, I love prawns. Stop it. Seafood paella. Mm. He's got, I mean, just all of the food is ridiculous. So good. Ooh, what's that? Um, that is, is balance. A lamington. What's that? Lamington plus. Oh, they're better than Australia. A few people have told me to check out Flower and Stone. Mm. Flower and Stone is another Instagram account. If you want delicious looking sweet treats, mm. go and check them out. Flower and Stone. Flower as in F-L-O-U-R-E. Um, they're from Woolloomooloo, yeah. um, Sydney. Very nice. Yeah, good. Good stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, here's the video. So nobody else okay. can see this, but you'll be able to go and watch it. So, um, yeah. You are KY Jelly. <laughs> I was Vaseline. <laughs> <laughs> you are the father of modern medicine. It's very cool, isn't it? I was Mr. Clean. Oh my god, nipple. Uh, can I just say something? Yeah. He's definitely wearing a waistcoat because he's worked out on his arms. He's really He's totally out, he? I mean, look at that. Those no. deltoids are amazing. Look at them trousers. Yeah. He's thought, I've just come out of the gym. Let's shoot the video. He's a fantastically enigmatic performer. He's great, isn't he? isn't he? Yeah, I know. And Miles Kane is on the guitar. Oh, my God. Guy, but it's such a great video. If you like the album, go and have a listen to this. It's called Is This What You Wanted? And it's a cover of a Leonard Cohen song. This is not Oh, is it? Yeah, there's two or three covers on the album. But, oh, if I'm ever feeling a bit down in the dumps and a bit low... That on. I thought you were going to say, get a waistcoat on. No, but I do put that on and then I get dressed up and go out. <laughs> All good in the hood. So, we watched Don't Look Up. Yes. And we enjoyed it. Yes. I really liked it. Yes. I thought it was great. I, I not so much, but, it was, but you loved it. It was a, an Adam McKay movie. And I thought, how do I know Adam McKay? What else has he done? And he did The Big Short. Yeah. And The Big Short is a movie about a banking collapse of 2008. Yes. Um, so I thought, oh, well, I really like Don't Look Up. I'm going to go back and watch The Big Short. And I watched The Big Short. It came out in about 2012, I think. And for me, it was still too a complicated a situation to try and grasp. I still couldn't properly work out why there'd been this huge banking mm. collapse that, you know, literally imploded all over the world. Like it was a catastrophe. Yeah, 2008, 2009. Yeah. It's horrific, right? But I didn't fully understand why it happened. Mm. And what this movie tries to do is to explain that to you in kind of layman's terms, but it's not lay enough for mm, me. Mm. But they do a great bit with Margot Robbie in a bath. I don't know if you've ever seen that before, where they say, if you want to know what a subprime loan is, then here's Margot Robbie in a bath to tell you. And then they get other kind of vehicles. They get the very famous uh, chef to tell you <clears throat> what a... Uh, condensed tranches or something like mm. that and so I thought oh I'm going to watch that again what a cast is in it Steve mm. Carell's in it Brad Pitt um, Ryan Gosling Brad Pitt mm. yeah I mean it's just brilliant and Christian Bale of course mm. is in it as well 
But I was totally gripped by it this time. And I think we've all learned quite a lot about the world in the last eight, ten years or something mm. like that. So it was a much... I enjoyed the film much more this time round because oh, I, really? I had much That's more understanding of what had happened. And when they're explaining these things to me now, I now have a much a much greater understanding of what had happened. So if you watched that film once before and you thought, ah, do you know what, I didn't really get it or whatever, go back and watch it again because it is a belter of a movie. 7.8 on IMDb, which is you know, yeah, very good. Easily acceptable. Yeah. Um, and the film runs at about two hours, I think. Steve Carell's also in it. It's also brilliant. Ryan Gosling looks terrible in it, though. They've done something to his hair. Yeah. They've tinted him really but dark and put a lot of fake tan on him. Quite yeah. good, though. Yeah, Like, yeah. he looks totally different. Yes, he does. I mean, the idea isn't to look good in uh, every movie. It's to look... Mm. But, um, but I'd highly recommend it. It's on Netflix at the moment. Uh, and it's just a really good watch. It's a high-quality film that like all good fiction you should learn something truthful and um although the film is based on a true story you know obviously they're all actors and things like that but you get so much from mm. it that i absolutely loved it i'm quite angry about the way the world oh was God. able to compromise all of our lives to the point where yeah you and know, on... the banking system nearly completely collapsed i mean i think it did i mean it had verge. to be bailed out and there's this yeah. great moment where steve carell says why are they doing it? Why are they doing it? Why are they doing it? And then there's a bit where he sees these two very prominent banking figures leave the White House and he says, they knew they'd get bailed out. That's why they did it. Mm. And you just think, ah, like everybody's been fooled. Only one guy went to prison. Mm. Unbelievable. That's terrible, isn't it? And he went to prison for some kind of menial, small charges. Everybody else got away with it. Oh, it's very good. So I'd highly recommend that, folks, if you're uh, you're interested. It's a really good movie. This weekend, me and Sarah Mm -hmm. um, started watching The Tourist. Yes. With Jamie Dornan. Mm, I watched the bit as well, yeah. what I think is interesting about this, because I am going to recommend it, Mm -hmm. um, it's got 7.3 on IMDb. It is a mini-series. I think there are six episodes. Yep, there are six episodes. And it's um, based in Australia. Backpacker has Mm -hmm. a horrific accident, an ominous, dark accident wakes up with no memory of it and tries to rebuild his life and things just get darker and weirder and weirder from there. Um, what is what is weird about it? I think Jamie Dornan actually is quite good in it. Mm. And I thought he was fantastic in The Fall. Yeah. Uh, he might be ashamed of Fifty Shades of Grey, but it was a big grossing film, so he shouldn't be embarrassed yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah. But this is, this is Jamie Dornan back to how we like him. Brooding, mm-hmm. dark, he's a bit confused. Um, he, he's good in it. I wasn't sure about how good his supporting cast were. But the thing is, at the end of the first episode, even if you're a bit like, oh, not sure about the acting, you're just like, I've got to know, I've what got to know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, and I, we were just, it's a binge worthy. Yeah. I, I'm not surprised it's done so well. Mm. It is absolutely addictive. And as time goes by, you get more invested mm. in the characters. You understand why they are the way mm. that they are. And actually, it's ended up being quite a fun watch. So just a very quick recommendation. Um, the Tourist with Jamie Dornan, and that's also on Netflix. On that note, one of the problems with where we were watching The Tourist is they had a television and they had the Motion Plus feature set on. Mm-hmm. Now, most people might not know this or not, but most movies and TV shows, well, most movies and mm-hmm. high-end dramas are shot at 24 frames a second on a camera. Yes. 
And what that means is that every second that goes by, a, a, a 24 photos have been taken. Yes. Now, your eye can actually see a, a shutter, like a judder. Yes. Because 24 is not enough to fill the gap. You could see it. So what your brain does automatically is fills in that gap with whatever it thinks it should go in there. And you get an image projected onto your eyes. So when you're watching a movie at the cinema or something like that, you're watching 24 frames a second, usually played back to you. And that's when things look cinematic. When people say it's got a real cinematic film, one of the things is this 24 frames a second effect that it has on your brain and your eyes. Mm. What modern TVs have done is up the frame rate of what you're watching to 60 frames a second. And it makes it ultra smooth. But it's too... It's, but you, it feels we like have, you're watching a friend's video. So back in the, the 60s and 70s, they used to shoot soap operas on these cheap cameras. And these cheap cameras used to shoot tape, not film. And the, the tape ran at 60 frames a second. Mm. And it's actually called the soap opera effect. So when you're watching a movie and your TV is playing it back to you at 60 frames a second, you're actually seeing mm. something that look... That makes so much sense. It makes it look It does. Cheap. It does. And it's called the soap opera effect. So what you need to do is go into this picture settings on your TV remote and you'll find something called motion plus or motion blur or motion smooth or something like that. Turn it all off. Yeah. And then go back and watch the program. I mean, you did do that to all, like, the televisions in my house. I'm very grateful. And I did that. I mean, I sound like... I did that at Sarah's as well for episode two and three of The Tourist. Thank you. Because it got better. But it got better largely because... (laughs) That shutter was off because there's something about the acting at 60 frames mm. a second that looks cheap. Yes. The whole set looks fake. Everything looks mm. too smooth and polished and I really dislike it. Whenever I turn up at someone's house and I see it, I go, give me your remote control. I'm going to change your life. But watching something like the Bourne Ultimatum in, oh, in, yeah. with motion yeah, blur no, on, it's, not, it's, it's not like watching something a, ch- yeah. a child has made. Okay. It's weird. So... There's, there's a top recommendation for you there, folks. Get rid of motion blur. Um, I don't think we've got very long left, but no, I'm no. very quickly going to tell everybody mm-hmm. to follow this company. Um, I think it's on Eventbrite, where basically they do kind of pop-up events. And the thing that I really like about... Let me just double-check. So I, I, I love Eventbrite because they do events all over the country so this one was um, Paint Like Picasso Mm -hmm. it's in Manchester Um, it's on Thursday the 10th of February um, 2022 it's at 7.30pm and they just do a little painting class I mean imagine going yeah on a a first date (laughs) and doing a painting Mm. class for the evening where you learn to paint like Picasso Mm. it's so much fun it's something a bit different to do it's getting out of the house and not but, watching but telly. It's still life on first date. A bit of still life on a first date. I don't think there's any still life in the Picasso painting no. one, unfortunately. Um, but it is worth mm. signing up to these companies like Eventbrite or C or Tickets mm. or Ticketmaster, looking at those places, because it's not just about concerts and gigs, which can sometimes be really expensive. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, you haven't, you haven't necessarily got 40, 50 quid to kind mm. of chuck about, but... You know, if you wanted to go on a date with a loved one, instead of dinner, why don't you make yourself some sandwiches? Go to the Picasso painting pop-up in Manchester if you live in that area and go and have some sandwiches in the square. Very with good. A, with a thermos flask. And it's in Manchester. Yeah, it's in Manchester. But what I'm saying is keep your eyes open yeah. for events in your local area that aren't just comedy and theatre. There are a lot of really yeah, creative, yeah, fun things to do. Very good point. 
Uh, let's see if we've got a couple of shout-outs we can uh, can do here. Um, what have we got here? Oh, you mentioned Fitz Patrick's Oh, yes, cordial. cordial. So this is Amanda McLaren. Mm-hmm. We haven't actually talked about no. we've mentioned it we because need to, we need to get hold of some I can't find it I need to Maybe I need to find it or do you think Fitzpatrick's would send us some we, well we, if we mention their name enough then Fitzpatrick's yeah you mentioned Fitzpatrick Cordial on your last podcast and they are from Rottenstall in Lancashire um, oh they're Lancastrian I think so Rottenstall I'm sure is Lancashire yeah they own the last temperance bar in the UK I wonder what that is the last temperance bar I wonder if that's the name the last temperance bar. No. It's an amazing little piece of history that's been modernised in the past few years. I go a few times a month and we love it. They have recently been featured with the Hairy Bikers and they're trying their different flavours. I've got the Hairy Bikers hair. <laughs> that's my claim to fame. They also do many sugar-free ones. Maybe Davina would also enjoy. They also make cakes yes. with flavours of their cordials. Blood Tonic is my favourite. They are on Instagram. So, Mr Fitzpatrick is on Instagram. Amanda McLaren, thank you so much for that. Can I just uh, educate our listeners? Yeah. A temperance bar is also known as an alcohol-free bar, ah. sober bar, or dry bar. It's a type of bar that does not serve alcoholic beverages. An alcohol-free bar can be a business establishment or located in, in a non-business environment or event such as a wedding. Alcohol-free bars typically serve non-alcoholic beverages, mocktails, blah, blah, blah. Mr... Fitzpatrick Temperance Bar is what they are on Instagram. How cool. Um, but we are going to follow them and we suggest everybody else do the same because their cordials like, are so mind-blowingly good. They're, good. they're mind-blowing. Um, and I didn't know they did sugar-free ones, so that makes yeah, life that's even better. really good. Um, thanks, Amanda. And we will get some in and talk about them because the ones we've tasted are bloody brilliant. Oh, I mean, so good. Um, Claire, which is 06Claire on Instagram. Davina and Michael, good to have the pair of you back. Can I recommend BBC's Town series, Sounds of the 21st Century? It's snippets of news and music for each year of the 21st century. It's fascinating to listen back to what seems like yesterday, but now how history seems to be repeating itself so much. God, that sounds really good. Um... How funny this is, is Claire. that? So it's called Sounds of the 21st Century and it's on the BBC Sounds app. I'm going to have a little listen to that on the way back in the car. Oh, we've got a big one here. Uh, Alison Henry, hi guys, just listened to the latest episode. I think I need an ice maker. Yes, you do. Enjoy your Fitzpatrick cordial. I heard about these just before Christmas on the Hairy Bikers Go North Isn't that series. Funny? Yeah. <laughs> said exactly the same uh, yeah, thing I about believe the temperance bar. temperance bar. Recommendation is to find loads more recommendations is the Hairy Bikers series on iPlayer. They oh, basically great. travel across the north from Cumbria to Northumberland visiting small businesses with amazing products. Oh, yeah, but not just that. Most of other initiatives uh, attached, they mainly revolve around supporting less oh, privileged mental health Can support. I say something? Yeah, of course. Um, hairy Bikers are with my agents. Alison, this is a very, very good idea. I think we should get them on and do a Hairy Bikers special okay. where they tell us all these amazing recommendations from their show. Great. Let's get them on. Okay. You know, okay. one of them is a hair and makeup artist in the world of well, TV we've, dramas. We've now got to get yeah. them on because they can tell us all it's great, that. isn't it? Yeah. It was good. I made a list. This I'm is a great. This year. Oh, Alison, that's great. Alison Thank Henry. you so much. Brilliant. And let's have one more from Wendy Bell. What oh, interesting. Natural deodorant. It says, hi, you lovely player. Glad the pod is back. It's a highlight of my week and makes my ironing so much better. <laughs> yeah. When you say it makes your ironing better, do you mean like you? <laughs> no, I think she the creases and everything. Oh, she's yeah. so happy. Um, <laughs> just thought I'd let you know about deodorant by Lucy B. 
I've used a lot of her products which are great and thought I'd try a new natural deodorant. In the past, none have been great for me, mm. but this is brilliant. It's a cream that turns into a powder and non-sticky, cruelty-free, vegan, palm oil-free, 88% natural. It's a beautiful scent and it's suitable sensitive skin. Not cheap at £12.50 for 50 grams, but still a worthwhile product that's better for your skin. I mean, wow, you know what? Um, £12.50 for 50 grams, but that pot is small, but... Mm. It depends, because you actually you probably only need a very small amount. A deodorant is only to yeah. to stop the smell. It's not... Yeah. I mean, I think I think you, you wouldn't need much. Mm. It could go quite a long way. Yeah. Great. Yeah, that was a very good recommendation. Um, I was about so to wish everyone a Happy New Year, but I realised we did that last week. We did. Um, oh! Ooh. Wait! Mm? It's our second birthday next week. Is it? It's not, it's not until the 24th, I think. So, but aren't we going out, not well, this Friday? Maybe. Oh, no, we're going out this Friday. So, yeah, so that next week's episode that we record, that will be the anniversary episode. Okay. So forget that. Yeah. I think. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Good job. Uh, it's nice to talk to everybody. It's lovely to talk to everybody. Yeah. It's lovely to talk to you, Michael. It's very nice to talk to you too, yeah. Mm. You're looking... Um, Nice today. <laughs> you look uh, pretty good today. Yeah, you know, hair's like okay and everything. And I don't know what I'm saying. No. Um, <clears throat> it's very nice to spend time with you today. Yeah. I've got a dash back to St Albans now. We're going to a hair clinic tonight. Nice. It's Tuesday, by the way, folks. Just so you know, I'm going to go to the cinema tonight to watch Licorice Pizza. Oh, good. Well, I can't wait to hear yeah. the review. So, um, uh, anyone else wants to go and see that? Then great, because we'll be talking about it next week. Great. Um, So we'll see you then. Thanks for listening. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.